That is the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, happy to be joined right now by uh, Kevin Reynolds from the uh, Salt Lake Trib. And, Kevin, I'm now you know reading your work on BYU. I'd always read about the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, Kevin, they've blown up my uh, my jazz. I we were huge Donovan in my household. My fifteen uh, year old daughter um, in his first years in the league. I mean, he's one of our favorite players, and and of course they had some Baylor ties uh, to that organization. So we were big jazz fans. But uh, that organization is starting all over, isn't it? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. But, yeah, that one went down in about a year <laughs> pretty quickly. <there. laughs> well, I mean, they have a lot of assets now, and so we'll see what Danny does. But uh, it was uh, – I, I I'm a Snyder guy, too. Maybe it was the hair. I, I don't know what it was. But, I mean, I just thought that guy – I loved him as a coach and, and with that organization. So I'm having to kind of start all over. i got to decide. You know, you're supposed to just stick with whatever – fandom but i don't know all my people that i that i love joe ingles the whole gang they're all gone royce o'neill i mean the baylor guy there nobody's there anymore so i may have to kind of retrench and see who i can get behind and kevin that was fun to find out i happened to look on your twitter bio earlier and it said the daily campus i said oh that sounds familiar wait wait what's the daily campus you're an SMU graduate, and uh, I was like, yeah. I, I, I think in our mind we think that it was kind of like the Baptists, right? If you um, if you're out if you're covering something in Waco, you probably went to Baylor. If you're covering BYU, there's a chance that you went to BYU, but not for you. You've made the trip up there from uh, from the Dallas area. So I uh, and by the way, the Mustangs are uh, uh, looking pretty good right now. Yeah, no, I saw saw that win against North Texas the other week. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a Dallas kid. I grew up there, um, went to high school there, went to college there. So uh, it's always fun to have BYU play Baylor now and and get into the Big Twelve. And we'll see how often I can get back down to Texas. Yeah, maybe when you were a kid, you listened to 103.3 FM ESPN. You that you would have heard me on that back in the day. You don't have to say whether or not you did. Okay, I won't press <laughs> you on that. But uh, Kevin, as you as you dig in on this game, I mean, this is interesting because in you know in a sense, these two schools you know, scheduled these games before they ever knew BYU would be in the conference. It's kind of fun because it's kind of like a ramp up. And in some ways, they're kind of getting a little bit of a rivalry maybe going. It's a very natural rivalry. I mean, two uh, church schools, uh, two very religious schools, all of that. And in uh, two schools that in recent times, well, BYU has had way more success over the years. But Baylor's in a good place right now. Do you think people are already starting to kind of get excited about this annual matchup? No, I think definitely that is the sense coming into this weekend that this is going to be a little bit of a taste of Big 12 life for BYU, at least, as they go to the conference next year. And I think one of the things that stuck, stuck out to me yesterday talking to Kalani Sataki, BYU's head coach, is that there, the parallels, you, you mentioned all the parallels between these two schools, and, and there are quite a few. But in terms of actually building this program from BYU's perspective to be at the caliber of a bail in the Big 12, Kalani Sataki looks at it as Baylor is the blueprint for BYU in a lot of ways. And because of that, I think this is going to be a very natural rivalry, kind of a measuring stick game. Um, and already we're seeing this Saturday, Kalani Sataki kind of embraced that, that narrative, um, which he typically doesn't do. You know, he's been very, very 
um, hesitant to really talk much about preparations for the Big 12. Um, we've asked him many, many times since, since that happened about kind of the resources and then build up and all that stuff. And he hasn't really talked about it, but this week he, he kind of was very forthright and said, yeah, this is, this is the standard of the Big 12. Baylor's the standard of the Big 12. They're a blueprint for how we kind of want to build this program up. Um, so this Saturday, I think this Saturday is a measuring stick for that, but it's also kind of going into the future. I think this is a rivalry um, just because of the two profiles of the school and the profiles of, of what the football programs can, and Baylor's already there, but what kind of BYU is shooting to be. So I think it's a very interesting thing for BYU, who doesn't really, to be honest, I don't think they really have a, a school in the Big 12 that jumps out at you and says, oh, yeah, that's the rival. So I think they're kind of looking for that right now, and I think Baylor sets up pretty nicely to be to be one of them. Well, Utah might might end up joining them, you know, <laughs> so they could they could just bring a bring a rival right there with them. Uh, but I, I'm I'm curious what BYU folks um, and, and you you've been out there for for a bit now. Grimes and Mateos being on the Baylor staff and everything. What what was the uh, what? And obviously, I mean that with the, with the quarterback. I mean that was an unbelievable run. Uh, with Jeff Grimes, what what is kind of the respect level, and what's the transition been like after those two left? Because Grimes had an immediate and a tremendous impact at Baylor. What's it been like, sort of, in the aftermath of Grimes there at BYU? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting storyline again. Is is the overlap you mentioned those two? You also have guys like Ed Lamb and Kevin Clune on BYU staff who who've hired B- Baylor people right now. And um, so I think there's a lot of overlap, but in terms of how you look at B- how BYU's kind of handled the aftermath of it, I think, I think from BYU's perspective, they would say that they've handled it pretty well. Um, and I think the other thing about, about that is, you know, I think after those two guys left, right. Uh, I think Kalani Sataki has been talking a lot about how guys, he doesn't really want this much, he doesn't want many people to leave his staff. And I think he's made that a priority. And as a priority, I think he's vouched for um, the athletic department to give him more resources in terms of um, salaries for assistant coaches, which is something that BYU definitely needs to take another step in as they head into the power five. And, and I think the one thing that Kalani Sataki's point to since, since those departures is that this year he didn't lose a single coordinator. He didn't lose a single assistant coach on his staff. So I think that's something that, um, he thinks is a progress in terms of the big 12, if we kind of keep going down that, that topic and that path. But so in terms of how they've kind of recalibrated since then, uh, I think they've recalibrated, they would say probably as well as they could have, but certainly two big losses, I think from BYU's perspective uh, when it happened and, um, and now still recovering from it, to be honest. Kevin Reynolds, Salt Lake Trib, uh, joining us on the Matt Mosley show ESPN central Texas now, I that the receivers for BYU, and I know they got to work in some more. And I was reading your work about how it was kind of interesting they left that quarterback Jaron Hall in for the whole game, even though that game was pretty much out of control by halftime. And that some people would kind of second guess that Baylor had its starting quarterback out about halfway through the third quarter uh, of of a sixty nine ten game. But but as you were talking about, part of it was hey these. These younger receivers, they got to they got to work on this. Before we get to that, though, the the veteran receivers, uh, uh, Puka, I'm thinking about my gosh, that that guy was impressive. Gunnar Romney, 
Uh, I, I'm trying to remember which one of those receivers last year made a couple of those, you know, high-pointed, a couple of deep balls against Baylor. Baylor had a really good secondary last year, but they were somewhat susceptible to the deep ball. And, and both of those guys can can go get it down the field. And I, I don't even know which guy is the burner of those two, but they just both seem to have a, a lot of ability to adjust to, to, to pretty much any throw. No, I think you're absolutely right. Both of those guys kind of, for, for BYU's offense, there isn't a whole lot of shots downfield. Um, they're really, especially when you take those two guys out of the rotation. I mean, we saw against South Florida in week one for BYU, a lot of dinking and dunking for Jaron Hall, and that's kind of his, his M.O. If he doesn't have Puka Nakua, if he doesn't have Gunnar Romney, who really have the, I think are probably, both of them have their best skill set as being able to, to kind of take the top off the defense really give Jaron Hall an opportunity to take shots downfield. And when he doesn't have those guys, Jaron Hall is a lot more um, hesitant to take those shots. Um, so I think you're right with that. You know, the, if they don't have those two guys for this game, I think the offense does start to look a lot differently. And we saw it a lot in fall camp because those two guys didn't practice very much. Uh, Gunnar Romney hasn't practiced at all really since uh, about three weeks ago at this point. Fukunaku has been quite limited. Um, in terms of injury prevention, um, just because both of their injury histories have been significant in missing time. So um, we saw it in practice. You know, Jaron Hall and, and BYU wanted to give a lot of reps to younger guys in the fall and, and kind of try to retool this offense to, to fit their skill set. And right now, I don't think there is a guy outside of those two that has a really proven weapon that can kind of take, you know, be a deep threat for, for Jaron Hall. So I think that's a really interesting point going into this game is the health of those of those two guys and what does this offense look like yeah you know one of the guys we were talking about in that group of wide receivers Keanu Hill you mentioned in that story uh it's it's sort of amazing his legacy uh Lloyd Hill is his father who played on the famous Permian Friday Night Lights uh team and uh I, I I wonder I mean a lot of these guys are like too young to have ever maybe heard of that book or read that book obviously Keanu would know about it because of his dad but uh uh was there when he first got to uh campus was there any uh, uh mention of that or did that come up at all you know I wasn't here I only got here in January so I don't know about that but yeah he's a Texas kid I've spoken to him about it um I covered Texas high school football for for three years before I got here um but you know, I think Keanu Hill is kind of an interesting guy because for um, this is not Texas related, but just his kind of path at BYU, he came in as a pretty heralded recruit. Um, I think a lot of people had expectations early that he would contribute almost immediately. And that really hasn't happened, to be honest, as he was in a battle this year just to be that number three starter. Um, but you're looking at it, Keanu Hill this week. If both of those guys aren't playing, as the number one wide receiver on this in this group. So, Wow. Something that Baylor fans and, and Texas fans watching this game, you know, that's a storyline right there. You know, Connie Keanu Hill is going to be a guy that's that's heavily featured in this offense if those two guys can't play. All right, and and what is that? Uh, what what do you think that crowd is is going to be like? Like you, I know you're just getting out there and getting your feet wet and all this old BYU culture and everything, but you you've 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 been there long enough to see the support and the excitement. With it being a top ten team coming out there, uh, late start eight fifteen Mountain Time. It's nine fifteen 
local time here. Um, what, what is uh, what do you think that atmosphere is going to be like? It's a, uh, I, I, for what I remember, gorgeous backdrop, gorgeous setting, and it's a great, great fan base. How hostile of an environment do you think that'll be for the Bears? You know, I, I think hostile is, is kind of an interesting word. I don't know if hostile is the right word to describe a typical BYU crowd to me, but at the same time, what I do think, it's a very much an adjustment. I think that's the word I would use the most for them. Um, this is going to be a really late start. Um, it's later than normal, and obviously for Baylor, 9.15 their time. And I think there'll be around 63,000 people there um, at, at Lavelle Edwards. So I think, and and here's just to kind of set the scene for, for BYU's perspective on from a fan side of how important this game is. This is the highest ranked opponent BYU has hosted since 2004 when it hosted a number one ranked USC. Um, and there's just not a lot of games that have been played at BYU that feature top 10 teams. And then you add the Big 12 element to it. This is the only Big 12 opponent that BYU will face this year. Um, barring some sort of bowl game situation. So, you know, this is a game that BYU is going to get up for. I think this is a game, this is by far the biggest home game of the year and the season opener uh, at home. So that, I think it's a unique environment. I don't know if it's going to be hostile, but I think it's definitely going to be unique in its own challenges for Baylor. What's the most unique food item for Baylor fans that have never been to a game in Provo? Is there, do they, I mean, I know they value their ice cream uh, quite a bit out there. Is there anything uh, the, the Bear fans should be uh, looking for? Yes. Um, here's something that I got introduced to when I came here in January. A, it's called a cougar tail, and I've never had one personally. I think it's just a big, I don't even know how to describe it, a big, sweet, uh, donut I, I don't even really know what to say but it's like a foot long type of donut situation and they put glazed flavors on it um so that's probably the most unique thing um you know i i think it's definitely something i had never seen of or heard of before i got here to provo so that's something for B- baylor fans making the trip to, to look out for <laughs> okay i like that I like that. We have some uh, sweet tooths who are making the uh, trip out there, uh, so that'll be interesting. I'd like to see that cougar mascot that's such a good dancer uh, in person, yeah. and I don't know if that uh, gets passed down. I mean, you know, it, you can't have every mascot be, but I would imagine once that thing went viral, now everybody who tries out for mascot to put on that cougar uniform has to be a pretty uh, efficient and effective dancer, don't you think? Yeah, I think the bar is pretty high. I remember seeing those videos like when I was covering SMU as just a student. I was like, oh, man, this is a high standard. Uh, so definitely, definitely seeing that in person is something, something else. <laughs> Did you ever see Peruna in person? Did you ever get to spend some time? You probably were not one of the handlers who ran out on the field I with uh, Peruna. I, I was, Did you I ever saw get? It. Yeah. I saw it happen. Yeah, um, the little horse <laughs> shrugs across the field. <laughs> You know, PETA got it, got in uh, a hold of all this stuff, and, and it's hard to have live animals at games anymore. Baylor can't have the bear out there. Now, they still take uh, Bevo to games, and, you know, Bevo tried to get after that bulldog, uh, the Georgia Bulldog, famously a few years ago, and, and they had a little tussle. So, um, you know, it's just getting where you can't take the live animals out there, uh, which uh, I guess is understandable. But, uh, well, Kevin, it was um, – 
Man, great to talk to a, a Dallas kid. I grew up in the area in Kaufman, uh, Texas, right down the, the road from you, and uh, glad you're having a good time. We're sending a bunch of Baptists, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of I don't know if our, our news people, I don't know. I don't know what their affiliations <laughs> are, but there are a bunch of them are going to show up. So uh, uh, show them a good time. Uh, many of them seemingly were putting in their golf clubs and I don't know how hard, how hard they're going to be working, but, uh, it's a beautiful backdrop and, uh, enjoy yourself on, um, on Saturday night. Appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Always good to, to have a Texas, Texas tie-in. So I'm excited, but thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. There he goes. Kevin Reynolds and, um, doing a, uh, doing a great job. Fun to have him on. And, uh, uh, he is, uh, uh, covering the uh, the BYU program for the Salt Lake trip. Okay.